we started a series a couple of weeks ago called Him and You. We've been focusing on our, our, our reality of the Christ life, Christ in us, Christ working in us, Christ working through us, Christ working with his body in a real tangible way. And so two weeks ago, I, I talked about, um, you know, a, a focus in John chapter 14. If you can go there, John chapter 14, verse 16 to 20. John 14, 16 to 20. Jesus is on his way. He's leaving. And as he's leaving, the disciples are really, 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 really not too glad. I can understand why Peter said, no, you're not going to die. Come on, man. Why are you going? You do you know how good I got it. I, you can multiply bread and give us fish. Now you want to leave us? No, you can't go. And what did Jesus say to Peter? Get thee behind me, Satan. Because whenever you, you want to exalt your plans over the plans of God, that's not godly that's satanic you don't have to go to a satanic temple to, to to be satanic all you got to do is be fleshly and you represent all kinds of hell somebody hear me are, are you here okay i'm just making sure now just making sure you got a little something going on here okay so they're feeling sad they're feeling disgruntled they're upset and they're saying why 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 and then jesus says in, in chapter 14 starting at verse 16 and i will pray we had a powerful prayer retreat this weekend. Powerful. Last night, powerful. Today, powerful. Followed by outreach. We had, we, I mean, we saw some wonders today as we went out there on the field. It was, it was great. How many of y'all went on the outreach? How many of you here were at the outreach? It was amazing. God showed up. I mean, countless salvations took place. God is faithful. And, and Jesus tells him, I will pray the Father, or I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide. Say abide. Come on, say abide. What does it mean to abide? It means to reside. Come on, it means to stay in and to be ever-present. And that's the reality of every believer in his house tonight. God abides with you. God abides with me. God is not separated in heaven and me trying to find my way to him at some point. No, God is ever-present in everyone in this room tonight. Whether you know it or you don't know it, if you are a believer tonight, God is with you. I said it two weeks ago, the, 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 the angel told Mary, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. And Jesus says that the Father will send you a helper. And the title of the message was, I need help. He said, I'll send you a helper that he may abide with you forever. Verse 17. The spirit of truth, that's his name. The one that you have living inside of you is called the spirit of truth. So whenever you love to tell a lie, clearly you've missed who you got inside of you. I don't know how many of you are comfortable telling lies. Anybody here comfortable just telling a lie? I know I'm not. And I did something this week, by the way. I, oh, pastor, yes. Oh, really? So when you tell your children that you're not dead, but you're dead, when the bill collector calls, what do you think you're doing? Kids. If your mama do that, she lying. Huh? Okay, I'm not here to throw any shade, I promise you. I'm just saying, if you're struggling with certain sins, you need to know that you have the helper, not just the helper, but the spirit of truth who is, who is a resident inside of you, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. That still small voice that tells you, don't do that. You know you got no business saying that to her like that. That small, still voice, that's him, the spirit of truth, who speaks and bears witness with your spirit. That's him. Some call it a good conscience. Yeah, you can call it what you want to, but it's the spirit of God that's inside of you telling you, don't do that. Don't say that. Don't watch that. Don't, do, don't eat that. Thank God for these 21 days of fasting. 
because I have been literally putting every form of gluttonous sin under my feet. Oh, come on, come on. Act like you ain't been appreciating the fact that you haven't had to eat that cheeseburger this week. That has all that omega-6 in it to cause you to go crazy. No shade on cheeseburgers. I'm not, you know, but I'd rather Chick-fil-A, by the way. Chick-fil-A got better sandwiches. Eat more chicken. That's what they say. Okay? Because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Verse 18. I'm just doing a quick review of the verse I did the last time. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Anybody in here that's struggling with fatherlessness, motherlessness, and you feel like you don't have anybody that understands, God understands. God is saying to you tonight, he's saying to me that you are not forsaken. If your father forsakes you, if your mother abandons you, I will not abandon you. Are you kidding me? You know, your mom lives out, she lives outside of you. So when you have all these emotional challenges, she don't understand, but God lives inside of you. So when you're having these emotional challenges, God understands and he's able to nurture you like a mother would and encourage you like a father would. Are you hearing me? Take advantage of the help you have. He said, I will come to you. Gentle, calm, loving, ready to meet you at the point of your need. Okay? Hallelujah. Go to verse 19 and 20 quickly. I want to run through this and jump to the next point. Okay? He says, a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. This is the point I want to get to. Say, say it with me. Say, because I live. Come on, somebody. Say, because I live. Because I live, you will live also. Okay, you need to hear what the Lord is saying to us tonight. He says, because I live. You see, Jesus did die. The reason why we're going to celebrate the Easter weekend that's coming up in a few days, okay? Tomorrow's Palm Sunday, by the way. And I was thinking to myself, I said, man, sometimes I feel like that donkey that he rode and it laid the palm branches before, okay? You hear people say, glory be to God. And sometimes you make the mistake and say, wow, they're cheering me on. It has nothing to do with you. Because he lives as the king that's seated on the throne, you get to be a part of his eternal life game. Somebody hear me. Don't miss this, man. The donkey that he rode, had a privileged person sitting upon his back. And whatever goodness that came his way came the donkey's way too. Are you hearing me? Whatever palm tatches that laid before the king that was seated on it, they laid before the donkey as well. What am I saying? The very expression of life that Christ gets to enjoy, you and I get to enjoy. He says, because I live, you will live also. So when the enemy comes, I met a young man today. My goodness, he blessed my heart. You know, I was, talking, I was just talking to him doing the outreach, and we, and we began to talk, and I said, bro, you know, imagine this time last year, some, you know, the entire country was locked down. Do y'all know that? Are we so quick to forget? Twelve months ago, you couldn't come out your house comfortably. Everybody was in lockdown, Okay. Her, my mother had a, a medical emergency, and I was wondering, Lord, what is going to happen? A lot of things happened 12 months ago. As I was sharing my testimony with him, he said, man, God, let me tell you something. 12 months ago today, around this time, I took out a pistol, and I put it to my head, and I said, I'm tired of living. And he said I was about to blow my brains out. I had two young babies that I brought into the world, and I didn't know what direction to go with it. But he said, the only thing that stopped me was the fact that I considered if I do this, where am I going from here? Oh, somebody hear me. Don't miss it. 
He said, that's the only reason I didn't kill myself. Other than that, you would have never met me today. I want to encourage somebody tonight because I know where I'm going, even if I leave this moment. Oh, come on. You should know where you're going. Stop wondering, am I going to go there? No, 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 no. If Christ lives inside of you, if this body, this mortal body gives up the last breath, you will immediately be in his presence alive. We go from life to life. Many people are going to go from death to more death. And that's why we are harvesters. That's why we go after souls. That's why we preach this gospel. Because people are dead in their spirit. And by the time they realize it, if they don't experience the salvation that Christ is offering, they will go from death to death. But we go from life to life, y'all. Not because of anything, but simply because of the fact that because he lives, we live. Somebody hear me tonight. Okay? Did you get that? Say, because he lives, I live. Now look at verse 20. And then he says, at that day, I'm wondering what day he's talking about. At that day, you will know, oh, he's talking about knowing something, that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Oh, I know we're waiting to die and go to heaven. Guess what? Heaven already resides inside of you. I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. The only reason why heaven is heaven is because Jesus is seated there. The day God decides we're moving to another building, heaven immediately becomes hell. And there are millions of people that are walking with a living hell. Why? Because God does not live inside of them. But you and I don't have that as a reality. If you're born again here today, if you're watching and you're born again, if this is true, that he really means what he's saying and this is true, then guess what? I'm not waiting to go to heaven. God, the kingdom, he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. God, the kingdom, the king of the kingdom, he's in me. And all of the authority, all of the power, all of the dominion, no wonder he said, all authority has been given unto me. Now go. Are you hearing me? I can go in authority because authority lives inside of me. I can speak with authority because authority lives inside of me. I can speak with power because power lives inside of me. I can speak with grace because grace is a person and he lives inside of me. That's just an introduction from last week, two weeks ago. Because from this point, I want to transition to a couple of scriptures real quickly. Okay? A thought came to me this week and I said, Realistically, the, the, the life of anything, the life of anything, whether it's an animal or the life of anything, a car, whatever, whatever, the life of anything, huh, listen, always determines its character, its conduct, its attitudes, and its actions. I, look, you don't have to question whether that's a dog because the life of a dog lives in that frame. It's going to bark. Does that make sense? You don't have to question whether that's a fish. You put that thing in water, it'll excel. You put it on land, it will die. Because the life of that thing determines its character, its conduct, its attitude, and its actions. If that is true at that level, then it is also true in this reality. That if Christ lives in me, then Christ should be determining the kind of conduct I exude. The kind of character I show the attitude that I have when somebody gets on my last nerves and the actions that I take when I'm faced with challenges. Does that make sense? Okay? If Christ is in me, 
then the way I respond has to be Christ-like. Not, there's no, you know, I know there's a probability factor called obedience. But trust me, if Christ is inside of you, you won't comfortably tell that lie like I talked about earlier. You won't comfortably watch pornography. I'm telling you, trust me, if you're a believer here tonight, go try to watch some porn. Uncle V, you tell him to watch porn? No, I didn't tell you to watch porn. I said, go try. You will be three minutes into it and extremely uncomfortable. Because the life that is inside of you does not desire that. The life that's inside of me does not desire to steal, kill, and do these things. It, he does not. He does not. And so when you see people comfortably doing it, the only question that bears in mind is, is this person really saved? Are these young people in this church here really saved? Because you cannot be comfortable doing things habitually, just doing it, loving it. And say, but I love Jesus, though. Didn't you see me raising my hand? Bro, that means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. I'm not here to judge your, your internal, but we judge the external because that's what we can see according to the word. And so if Christ lives in me, say my attitude, come on, say my attitude, say my actions, say my conduct, huh? and my character must look like him. By the way, they call them Christians in Antioch because their attitude, their actions, their conduct, and their character. You ever heard of Stephen, the first martyr? Anybody heard of Stephen? Stephen, the, the I don't even think he was a proper deacon. <laughs> he, 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 was, he was part of the hub back then, the food ministry. Stephen, yeah. Stephen was, he was a regular dude like you and me. He, he, served, he served food. Yet the Bible says when Stephen was faced with opposition, when people began to persecute the church led by Saul and they came after him, Stephen, the Bible said he withstood them with wisdom. So much so that they begin to say, we can't handle it. Let's kill this dude. He's too much to handle. Oh, somebody hear me. You're too much to handle for the enemy when you know who you are. When you understand who's inside of you, the enemy can't stand you. He will bring temptations. He will bring deception. But when you know that Christ is inside of you, that Jesus said he can't find nothing in me. So he can't stand me. And that is true for you. That is true for me. When, when, when you come to the realization that Christ in me makes me invincible, there's nothing that hell can do to stop you. Somebody hear me tonight. I'm sick and tired of young people struggling with sin. It makes no sense. The only reason why you struggle with sin is because you don't understand who's within. Well, let me say that one more time. The only reason you are struggling with sin it's because you don't know who has moved in. Oh, shit, You see, the reason why people don't know how to fight roaches, because they don't know about the orchid man. I know people in Africa don't understand orchid man. The roaches in Africa are as large as dinosaurs. I get it. But we got all kinds of spray gun and stuff that can handle that. Okay? But when you, when, when you, when you have an infestation problem, you invite... The pest control. Oh, this is good. And they come into your house with all kinds of chemicals. I know what I'm talking about because I lived it before. I moved into a house one year, and I mean, my goodness, the roaches would wake up and be like, yo, cuz, what you got, some coffee? What, 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 what wife you cooking today? I like grease. Oh, come on, man. Don't tell me you don't know what I'm talking about. I know a lot of y'all grew up in Potomac, Maryland. Mm, I know. Never seen one roach in your life. But I move in a house and it was filthy with roaches and, I mean, rats. And I'm like, God, do I really need to be here? He said, yeah. 
said, all right, then, we're going to do something with these bugs. So I called in the orchid man. He did his thing. He went behind my fridge. He went in my cabinet. He did his thing. He did whatever he did. I was like, man, I don't even want to see them. But look, it took him like a day or so to, to fumigate, somebody, to fumigate, to, you know what fumigation is? It's a release of smoke into the atmosphere. He, he, he did his thing. He bombed out. Oh, shit. He, he bombed the house. I said, Uncle, if you are speaking in tongues of a roast killing, because this is true for you and I when sin meets Christ in you. Are you hearing me? That last week, Pastor P said there's an explosion that takes place, a dunamis explosion. When Christ comes into the house, everything that causes sin, everything that causes uh, drama, everything that causes problems, everything. You see, when Christ comes into the house, the one who is the king of glory, the light of the world, when he comes into you, what happens? Sin begins to bow. Death begins to go. Ah, oh, depression, you have to leave. Anxiety begins to, oh, no, somebody's here, somebody's here. And eventually, when you come to the realization and you allow him to reside and you get that word in you you won't have issues like you used to have i'm talking this stuff because i'm living this stuff you think you're the only one that got a pass no no really you think i always been saved i can tell you my story i haven't always been saved i brought in some roaches baby called demons all kinds of vices i practice but when i say you know what enough is enough hey, let me open up the door and let jesus in this heart Goodness, they were like, why did you call him over here? He's a party pooper. I'm tired of living with y'all. And my question is, are you tired of living with them? Are you? Because only when you get sick and tired of the enemy harassing you and you truly open up your heart will you begin to experience the breakthrough that you need. Hallelujah. Let me look at this scripture real quick. Look at Galatians chapter, let's look at, sorry, let, let, let's, let's first start with Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. I may not even begin to be able to finish this thing. I'll finish the rest next week. Galatians chapter 1 verse 27 says, to them, read with me, say to them. Come on, say to them. To them. When you read the Bible, you need to ask, to who? If the Bible says to them, your question as you read needs to say to who? Who is to them? He says, to them God willed. You know what a will is, right? A will and testament. When somebody's dying and they're royally rich and they got resources, when they're dying, their last will and testament is a word that says, whatever property, oh, somebody hear me, whatever property I possess, such and such and such can have it, such and such and such can have it, and, and you get willed an inheritance. Are you hearing me? And then so-and-so dies and the lawyer comes into the house, oh, Holy Spirit, you're on it tonight. He comes into the house and says, here you go. Here is the will and testament of Dr. So-and-so and so, your uncle, your dad, whatever. And he said, this is yours. And then you say, woo-hoo, I got an inheritance. You need to see your inheritance tonight. He says, to them, God willed, which means he wrote it in his word. To them, who? To you and me. To people then and now. To them, God willed. To make known in the will of God is the desire for all of us to walk in the revelation of this truth. To them, God will to make known what are the riches. I told you there was riches involved. There are riches involved. You think Christianity is about leaving you broke, busted, and disgusted? You are so far from the truth. Why? Because everything in this universe belongs to my daddy and your daddy and our father. 
What are the riches of the glory? We talked about glory. We give you all. What, what glory? He got glory already. So you're not giving him glory. He's giving you an opportunity to experience glory. Mm. He's giving us an opportunity to experience glory. Don't wonder when we come into worship. He's saying, if you would just believe me by faith and open your arms and receive what I'm giving you, you will see things you've never seen before. He wants to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. That's you and me. We are non-Jew. We are Gentiles. We're not even a people of covenant. You didn't even deserve it, Lancey. I'm telling you. I didn't deserve it. We don't deserve it. We were Gentiles, enemies of his kingdom. Yet he decided, man, I'm so full of mercy and goodness. I just want to bless them too. I just want to, oh, somebody hear me. Don't think that you have to earn his blessings. God has decided he has willed in his heart that he wants to bless you with riches. Founded in his glory. Mm. Thank you, Father. Now, here's the mystery. Here is the mystery that the scholars missed and they did not see. Here's the mystery. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Say it with me. Say Christ in me, the hope of glory. When I come into a situation and I say I hope, guess what I'm saying? There's a possibility that something good could happen for me. I hope that tomorrow is not going to rain, which means I'm not too sure. But let me look at it from this vantage point. Hope means certainty. If I know I can place my hope in someone, then I am certain that they're able to do that which I am hoping for. Oh, somebody hear me. And so when you hear the writer of Colossians say, Paul say, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, which means there is a guarantee that as long as you're expecting, you will see glory manifested through you. Oh, young people, look at me. Don't get caught up in the, in the, in the Kool-Aid, in the line to you out here, telling you that you need this and you need that and you need this. No, no, you don't need any, you don't need any of that. Christ in you simply means that all of heaven's access is yours. Christ in you simply means that the, the, the quote-unquote popularity that people are fighting for, you don't need it. Why? Because the king of popularity is sitting in you. Come on, man. We're talking about people 2,000 plus years later. Why? Christ in them caused their names to be written on the books of history forever. So a lot of people are going to miss this opportunity, and one of the things the young man I told you about earlier said to me, he said, and one of the things I also thought, I thought about was my legacy. That's what he said to me. That's a big word. He said, I thought about my legacy. He said, hey, if I kill myself today, they're going to say, you know, there's going to be some, he, I mean, he's talking to me just like this. There's going to be some speculations, and one might even be, oh, there was a guy who was frustrated with life, and he took his life. He understood that, man, I want to, I, I have more meaning. I, I, I have more purpose. I, I, I'm worth something. He, he understood that. And so he said, that's the reason. Somebody hear me. Don't allow the enemy to tell you you don't have any worth or wealth in the kingdom. If God decided to move inside of you, don't you think he brought his goodies too? Mm, okay. I, would, I receive it. If you're watching online, receive it. My God. Okay. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. 2 Corinthians 
chapter 4. I'm going to tell you, look, this is so good. This, God is speaking to us. Young people, he's speaking to you. Somehow we think that this thing is only about, quote, unquote, the old folks, and one day I will get that. No, even now, he wants you to know something in this, in this time. The word says, but we, say we, 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 say but we. Say but we. Come on, I need to hear you. Say but we. Not, 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 not bishop only, not pastor only, not this anointed servant only. No, but we. Say that's all inclusive. We. But we. Hmm, I like words. So if I hear I have something, what does that mean? I possess it. Eh? It's not but we at some point will. Or we at some point hope to get. No, he says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Now, how many of you know what it's like to break a, 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 a clay pot? You broke your mama's vase and you know you hid it. And up to now she thinks she has it, but she no longer has it. Because you broke it and you swept the dirt away. I'm not, admit, 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 admit. I see somebody pointing to somebody. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I broke some dishes that she will never, I'm, I'm admitting it now, so now she's going to know. <laughs> you know, earthen vessels are so easy to break and destroy. Are you hearing me? Earthen vessels are extremely vulnerable. So, so check this out. If I got something of high value, I know one place I am not going to put it in a flower pot because it's an earthen vessel. I'm not going to take the, 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 the keys to my car or to a bank vault or with a lot of money. I'm not. Come on, man. Anybody can enter in and destroy it. True or false? True. I mean, like, you're not just going to put your valuable stuff. You're going to put it behind a steel vault. You're going to make sure it's triple secure. You're going to make sure that it's well hidden. But guess how, guess how much that doesn't matter to God? Paul says, but we have this treasure. Oh, God, you're so faithful. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. It says one thing in particular to me. God is not concerned about what he's put inside of you because he's able to keep it. Shucks, don't miss it. Somebody don't miss it. God is not concerned about the enemy snatching anything from you because he knows that thing that is, 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 is inside of you, the enemy can't come near it. The thing that he's put inside of you, demons can't handle. Oh, she araboso. The thing that God has put inside of you, no one can hinder because he put it there. Oh my God, don't miss it. Your salvation is secure because it came from Christ. If your salvation came from Allah, you're in trouble. If it came from Buddha, you're in trouble. If it came from, from, a, from a Mongolian goat, you're in trouble. Because there's no true security in the things that the world has to offer. But if... But if this treasure that he's placed inside of you is of his concern, then he's able to keep that which we commit to him. Somebody hear me tonight. He's able. So when we sing the song, God is able to do, it's not just a song. It's truth. Just what he said he will do. It's not just a song. It is truth. 
It is truth. Stop allowing the enemy to convince you that you will never get right. Things will never get better. Oh, you don't under, but you don't understand. No, but you don't understand that God has made it his business to hide his best treasure inside of you. Oh, my God. Anybody ever gone on a treasure hunt before? You know what I'm talking about, right? You go look in all kinds of secret places to find it. God is so blatantly glorious, he puts it where the enemy can see it and say, nah, I dare you to try it. <laughs> Listen to me. God is not afraid of your devil. The one who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. In the open, he made man. He didn't hide it. Are you hearing me? All of the angels are perplexed and said, what is man that you're mindful of him? The son of man that you give so much attention to him. Hey, I can tell you why. Because he lives inside of me. And he lives inside of you. That should get somebody excited. Because when I feel like I'm feeling a little down today, and I feel like things just aren't going to work, I have to remind myself, I have his treasure inside of me. I have his glory inside of me. I have his power inside of me. I have his provision inside of me. Jesus, the God man, was able to tell Peter, go to the water. You will see a, a piece of fish. The first one you get, grab it out. You will see two drachmas in the mouth. Pay my tax and pay yours. Are you struggling with bill paying? I'm telling you, I'm not speaking theory, practical. One year I couldn't, I, I decided I was going to go to a funeral and not pay my rent until I come back. I came back to pay my rent, my rent is paid. You can't tell me about God. God is not theory. God is practical. He's involved in the small things, the small matters that are seemingly impossible. Why? Because my business is his business. Oh, he's inside of me. Every enemy that comes against me comes against him. Every problem that I face is his problem. So enter into your rest. And stop worrying. No wonder he's offended when we worry. Don't you know I'm inside of you? No wonder he gets offended when we walk by fear. Don't you know he's inside of you? Listen, listen, listen. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So this excellence, this power, before I get it twisted and start to believe that, yeah, I did that. You saw the way I preached up there today? Yeah, I did. Oh, bro, don't be like your boy Herod. You ever heard of Herod in the book of Acts? Anybody ever heard of Herod, King Herod? Please read your Bible. King Herod killed James. Decided, oh, the people like that move? Watch this move. He gets Peter. Peter, by the power of God, gets delivered. He gets up there one day and says, I'm going to give a speech. Listen to me. Don't play with glory. Uh, he starts to give a speech. Oh, this is so good. Holy Ghost, thank you. Because he didn't have the right tools inside, the people begin to say, oh, it's the voice of a God. And Herod made a mistake and didn't give God the glory. The Bible said instantaneously maggots begin to eat his body. Are you kidding me? The Bible real though? Realer than you think? Than you, than you think? 
I know, oh, I'm too tired. Every time I want to read it, I get sleepy. Don't allow the enemy to rob you of, of, of the will, of the will that God has for you. Herod did not have a relationship with the glory carrier. And he made the mistake in trying to receive the glory, and it tore him up. You worship leaders, look at me. Don't ever make the mistake and say, we did that. Look how good I sang. Look how well I performed. You dancers, whatever you do for the ministry and for the kingdom of God, always point that glory to him. Because the excellence of the power is of God. It is God in you that's doing the work through you. It is God in you that's manifesting his wisdom through you. You are just an earthen vessel. You are just a clay pot. If I push myself off this stage, I will break something. I'm just a clay pot. But the power that is, that is in me has the ability to heal the sick. The power that is in you has the ability to raise the dead. The power that is in you has the ability to go and evangelize and see souls saved. This power is of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Let me go to my, I'll say my third scripture and then I'll probably end on that one. Go to Galatians 2.20. This one you should know it. If you don't know it, you need to memorize it. Young people, begin to live the life of scriptural memorization. I was laughing with my wife the other day. I said, I don't, I don't, I don't remember phone numbers any, anymore. I come from the, from the generation where we had to know the phone number. You know what I'm talking about, Reverend. You had to remember her phone number. Like, I like this girl. If I forget her number, it's a rat. I got, <laughs> in Liberia, it's only six digits. My home number is 271678 back in the day. I still remember it. Why? Because I called it often. I had to. Look, you got to recall the word often. Don't just come and just, oh, that was a good word, and then it come right out the other ear. Take what you're getting today. All these scriptures I've just said, if you're watching online, don't just hear this and then go scroll to the next YouTube video. Take these scriptures. Get it in your heart. Memorize it. Say it to yourself. It will change it the way you see things. Don't play with the word. Okay? So I'm asking you, and I may even ask some of you personally next week, what does Galatians 2.20 say? The word says, I, say I, say I. It doesn't say I will be. I, I love words, I'm telling you. And I love how the writers wrote the scripture. Paul is saying to the church in Galatia because they were battling with all kind of Judaizers and all kind of people trying to mix grace and law and all kind of foolishness. And Paul is saying, listen, 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 listen. In chapter 2, he says, I have been pestance. Are you hearing me? Not I will be. No, I have been. When Christ was on that cross, being brutally crucified, I was with him on that cross. Oh, that sounds like some crazy stuff, don't it? It's a mystery. I can't explain it to you. Things I know I can tell you. Things I don't know I'll tell you I don't know. I don't know how God did it. But I do know that he says that I have been crucified with Christ. I do know that that old sinful nature, that endemic nature, that nature that was founded in sin when I came into the earth, when I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, his reality became my reality. His experience, past, present, and future has become my experience. So when Jesus died on the cross, I died on the cross. 
You died on the cross. I have been crucified with Christ. Here's the next one you need to definitely get in your spirit. It is no longer I that live or who live. Come on, y'all. Let's break scripture down. You, Bishop said it. Uh, he said, you got to read it. Precept upon precept. Word upon word. Break it down. Take, your mama will tell you, take your time to chew your food, won't she? Right? How many of y'all grew up hearing that particular statement? Don't just swallow the food. Chew it. You, you, why? Because if you take all at one time, you will choke. But if you take it and you break it down, especially that Chipotle burrito, y'all know what I'm talking about. Try to swallow that thing all at once. It will break you down. <laughs> Literally. It is no longer I who live. So what does that say? I'm looking at a bunch of dead people in this room tonight. Those of you here watching online, if you're a believer. You, the one that was birthed into this earth out of your, your mother's womb. You, that person. If you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are dead to sin. You are. I know, I know, I know, but Uncle V, you don't understand. Just last week, I wanted to cuss her out. As a matter of fact, I did cuss her out. I get it. That's because you don't know you're dead. <laughs> I heard, I think it was Jesse Duplantis, the man of God. Years ago, I think almost 15 years ago, he said this. He told a story. He said he was somewhere in Louisiana, in New Orleans, and he went to a hotel, and he met a lady who's, a, you know, a lady of the night. And she rolled up on him like, how you doing, Grandpa? Are you good? And he looked at her like, yeah, I'm good. You know, if you watch Jesse Duplantis, he's a fool. He had me laughing. He said, look, she can't, is there anything I can do for you tonight, Papa? You know what I mean when I say lady of the night, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Some of y'all are way too young to understand that. She's a lady of the night. I ain't going to say anything else after that. <laughs> you do, he said, I'm good. I think they're on the elevator or something. He said, I'm good. She said, anything? he said, no, I'm dead. That's what he said. He said, I'm dead. And so in her mind, she's thinking, well, there's Viagra for that. Oh, this, this has got real grown in the church. Pastor, did you? I said that. Her assumption was he was talking about his bodily function. What he was saying was, I have no interest in your offer because my sin nature is dead. That needs to be a response. Every time somebody rolls up on you and say, bro, 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 you trying to do this? You trying to do that? Bro, no disrespect to you, Holmes. Like, I know you my mans and all, but I'm dead. What you mean? You walking around here alive? No, 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 no. My sin desire, my desire to do wrong does not exist. This revelation is my truth. You can call me weird. You can call me tripped out. You can call me a uh, hippie, whatever. No, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. Then the next verse says, but Christ lives in, say it, say it, me. Say it, yeah, say it definitively. Where does he live? Where does he live? But he's in heaven. No, 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 no. Yeah, he's in heaven. But God is so big, he can sit in heaven and sit in me at the same time. <laughs> what an awesome God. It's no longer I who live, but so the next time somebody pushes your last button and you feel something in you rising up, you tell that thing, but you're dead. You don't exist. You raw emotion of anger and pain. You're dead. You don't exist. I know it sounds like positive thinking. No, it's word de declaration. I'm not saying this so that you can soup things up. I'm saying to you, 
When sin comes knocking at your door, and it will right after this service, even now, there are things that's running through your mind that wants to distract you. You say, bro, just keep it pushing. I'm dead. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Now listen, listen, as I prepare to wrap this up in a few minutes, in three minutes. Paul goes on to say, and the life which I now live, present tense, and the life which I now live, present tense, not what I'm going to live one day in the future. No, the life, the life rather, which I now live in the flesh. I live by faith. Say it with me. Say, I live by faith. We heard last week, Bishop said, the just shall live by what? Faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. I like to really, really simplify it. Faith is believing God is true, even if I don't see it. Faith is believing that God is real and he means it, even if I don't experience it. That's how I break down faith for myself. So if the word is saying to me tonight and to you tonight that the life that I now live in the flesh, this body that you see up here screaming, sweating, tired, exhausted, I am living by faith tonight. If I explain to you my schedule from this morning, you say, but Pastor V, how are you doing it? I'm living by faith tonight. The energy that I have right now is not my own. It is the energy of Christ. The wisdom that I have in any instance is not my own. It is Christ. Young people, listen to me. Don't allow yourself to be hoodwinked and bamboozled. Believing that you have to work things out and at some point God is going to make it happen. That's not true. You don't have to work a thing out. God has already made it happen. You just need to walk in the revelation that it is no longer you that live, but Christ lives in you. In the life that you now live, present tense, Right now, right now, right now, whether you're in college, whether you're at a job, whether you're on the bus, whether you're walking home, as you're walking, just say to yourself, Jesus is living and breathing in me. I love how Bishop described this thing a couple of weeks ago. He said the Son of God moved into the body of Jesus of Nazareth. That was a profound thought because often I like to think of Jesus as no, no, no. It's the Son of God, the Word that became flesh. And we know him as Jesus. So we knew him as Jesus. He died and he ascended. But now I know him as Reverend Casimir. I know him as, as, as Brother Troy. I know him as Stefan. I know him. Why? Because it is no longer I that live, you that live. It is Christ manifesting through variations of people. That's why he told the disciples, it is very important that I leave because I am limited in the body of Jesus of Nazareth. But when I leave, I'm going to send you the help that you need. And now I'm not going to be limited to, to the Middle East. I'm going to be in the United States. I'm going to be in South Africa. I'm going to be in South America. I'm going to be all around the intercontinental states of the world. Let me close. And the life that I now live I live by faith. You got to live by faith. This stuff, you just got to believe God is true. It don't matter how you feel about it. Don't try to live your Christian walk by, by your own, quote unquote, knowledge and comprehension. I'm not saying Christianity is illogical and you're dumb and just walk. Uh, uh, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. It makes a lot of sense. But it's the sense that comes through faith. I live by faith in the Son of God. And here's the closure. Who loved me who loved, okay, 
And who loves? He loved you then and he loves you now. I don't care what you did. He loved you then and he loves you now. While you were yet a sinner, Christ died. That's why it says, and gave himself for me. If I was the only person on planet Earth, he would have still died the exact same way. If you were the only person on this green earth, he would have allowed, he would have probably allowed you because nobody else would have been here to crucify him. And he would have still been like, but I love you. Oh, wasn't that, isn't that what he said? Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. He allowed the people that he came to die for to kill him. So the little bit of offense that people bring you away, why are you tripping? If Christ is in you, that same Christ that said, forgive them, Father, is in you, and you are able to say, forgive them, Father. Oh, I know. Sometimes you, you just want to cripple them. I said it earlier, and I'm going to expound on it more next week. Your conduct, your character, your attitudes, and your actions must reflect the life that you bear. Every head bow. Every eye closed.